Welcome to Haunting Live Podcast, a place where we bring a new paranormal guest each episode to share their journey and experiences. I'm Ron James. I'm a, a filmmaker. I made the film Accidental Truth, and I'm also one of the co-founders of MUFON TV. Thank you very much for joining us on Haunting Live. We are going to be talking tonight a little bit about the UFO topic, the recent news and all that. Uh, we welcome Ron James. How are you doing, Ron? Great, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Um, you're a past guest and you're coming back on to talk about some new topics tonight that are in the news yeah, currently. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on and I want to have you back on to talk about that kind of stuff. So uh, first of all, for those that don't know who you are, can you kind of just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Sure, I'm Ron James. I'm a, a filmmaker and a uh I do a lot of stuff, actually. Uh, I own a video production company, so I do a lot of music video work. And I made the film Accidental Truth, and I'm also one of the co-founders of MUFON TV, <clears throat> which was uh, created with the Mutual UFO Network to deliver uh, vetted UFO materials to the public. And so that's been very successful. I'm also MUFON's media relations director. So that means I get to work on shows like Ancient Aliens and stuff behind the scenes cooperating with MUFON. And um, I also made the film Accidental Truth, narrated by Matthew Modine, that came out in April, that a lot of people say was one of the linchpins that caused this latest flurry in Washington, D.C. Yeah, that's, uh, we have a main topic we're going to discuss tonight, which is in the news right now about launching nuclear weapons in space. And that's a hot topic, so we're going to discuss that tonight. But let's discuss a little bit quickly what you know about the um, Congress and the hearings that have been going on in the UFO world. So can you kind of tell us what you know about that and sort of uh, tell people what that's all about? Yeah, MUFON's actually very busy in Washington, D.C. We have our own lobbying group there who is representing us and making sure that we have a voice um, behind the scenes and what's going on in DC. And there's a lot of very dedicated politicians that want transparency just as much as members of the public and members of the UFO community. And we're working hard within the framework of the system, which is difficult, but we're working hard within the framework of the system to get at answers. And you know, recently Chuck Sumer introduced some language into uh, the Defense Appropriations Act, I think it was, and he uh, he actually tried to impose eminent domain on some of the defense contractors that might be in possession of technology that they got from the government that might be of non-human origin, and basically saying that you know we own that technology, and if you have benefited from it, we have the right to take the benefits and that technology back from you. And what was really interesting, I think this is one of the most exciting things that's happened, is that members of private industry rallied against this bill. And it's like, well, guys, if there's nothing to hide and there's nothing to see here, why would you have a problem with something that uh, technically shouldn't affect you? So it was a brilliant move to actually kind of smoke out some of the players. And I think it was very successful. Yeah, I've been keeping up a little bit on that in the U.S. What's been going on? We're up here in Canada, so we kind of are across the border for you. But I'm still paying attention to what's going on down there because it affects everybody that way with that kind of news, right? So it's like you don't know who has what and what's going on. So it's great to draw that kind of stuff out. What, what's what been going on, though? What was the big draw to have that moment in Congress where they finally said, OK, we'll start talking to you guys about this topic? 
you know, the very first stuff that happened was back in 2017 when Lou Elizondo came forward. That was when the new round of attention basically made UFOs mainstream again. And then there was quite a bit of lull uh, between then and what's happening now. But one of the people that's really made this go is Congressman Tim Burchett. He has personally taken this on and made it public. And, you know, he's very dedicated to getting to the truth. And I know Tim over the years. I've interviewed him counting Zoom calls and in-person interviews four times. He's always been very good to MUFON. He's always been very good to me. And he's featured heavily in my film. And uh, I would say that he deserves an awful lot of credit for bringing this to the mainstream and keeping it in the mainstream. And then there's some other uh, people in Congress that have that have made this uh, you know, something that they are really dedicated to. And what's really interesting is that these people all know that they're being stonewalled. And we have this illusion that like, oh, the government knows all this stuff. Well, these guys are the government and they're being kept in the dark just as much as we are. They're not part of the cover up. They are part of the uh, ongoing effort to stop the cover up. But people with power that they shouldn't have are doing things that they shouldn't do to continue this veil of secrecy. They are, yes. There's always somebody higher up that knows more and is trying to suppress everybody lower. But you think government, especially Congress, is high up. But I think there's a lot well, more know, above them. They are. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm working on a documentary right now about the very famous Wilson Davis memo. Even Admiral Thomas Wilson, who at the time was... Uh, in line to become the director of the National uh, Defense Intelligence Agency, even he was not able to get to this information. They just told him, sorry, you're not read in. And then when he protested, he was taken aside and told, if you really want to see your career go any further, you're going to have to drop this. And even though Wilson denies that that event took place, um, anybody that knows how the intelligence community works, he has to deny it. But Dr. Eric Davis, who was the other half of the Wilson Davis memo, will neither confirm nor deny. And we all know that Eric has been doing what he can for disclosure within the, uh, the walls that he has to, to stay within. And um, I believe that if it was completely a false uh, uh, circumstance, then he would just say it never happened. But it did happen. And so we know that no matter how high you are, even in the military, and then especially in civilian government, there are still people that will make sure you don't have access to this information. And the way our government is set up structurally and logistically and legally, these there should be nobody that can do that. And so we have a real problem. It is. Do you think there is some crack showing now in that, that the government is open to talks, at least with you guys, about this topic, that it's coming out more? A lot of times it feels like one step forward, two steps back. We got, when Accidental Truth came out, it laid out the whole history of this with some of the best evidence ever. And, and this film won 27 film festival awards and was seen by hundreds of thousands of people. Um, and right after the film came out, we got David Grush. Now, David Grush came forward as a government insider to tell the story of 
that he had been briefed on uh, crash debris research on crash retrieval programs and all of the stuff that we actually laid out in the movie Accidental Truth. If you if I'm not trying to plug my movie, it's actually pretty hard to find right now um, for various reasons. It used to be everywhere. And um, and there's been some really weird things going down, but it's hard to find. But anyway, if you get it, if you can find it and watch it. It tells the whole story. And then David Grush comes forward and confirms the story. Uh, Tim Burchett mentions the movie at the beginning of the congressional hearing where uh, David Grush testified. And so now we have this, it's out. Some of it's been corroborated. But then all of a sudden we have guys like Sean Kirkpatrick coming back and saying, oh no, there's nothing to see here. He's even backtracked. And I kind of feel sorry for Sean because I don't think he was ever read in. It's like these guys can't, like say you form a government panel to look into something, but they don't have access to information. They're only given what they're given, so they can only come to certain conclusions. And that's how you keep this stuff separated in, in stovepipes, they like to say, or silos. And nobody really has the whole picture. And I think that the number of people that have the whole picture are very, very few and far between. And over time, they may be dwindling to the point where nobody has the whole picture. So it's a real mess. Yeah, very strange that your film is hard to find. Do you think that's on purpose? Like uh, The timing is weird that it came out, all this news started coming out, and then it's kind of disappeared a little bit. Do you think that's coincidence? Or? I think that there are people that are trying to control the entire disclosure process. I think that we're facing circumstances where these secrets are going to be harder and harder to keep. And just because of advances in technology, private space, um, all of the different things that are unfolding. And plus, the, there seems to be an overt uh, program on behalf of whoever or whatever these beings are, that they're not really that interested in hiding anymore. They're right in our faces. They, they're encountering, people are encountering them in physical form. And more and more people are having what we call experiencer uh, phenomena occur. So there are non-human intelligences engaging the human race. The government knows about it and the cover-up cannot continue. But then what do you do when you've been lying about this, probably breaking a ton of laws and possibly doing a huge disservice to humanity? how do you roll it out in such a way that you don't have to be culpable for, for what you've done? And so we're seeing that happen. We've got this, uh, this version of disclosure that we're getting. Pretty soon there's going to be, my prediction, <laughs> a, uh, an open acknowledgement of uh, the existence of some non-human intelligence that is engaging us. And then they're going to go, bad, but we don't know what it is. We don't know anything about it. And maybe that's true to a point. But I can't believe that for as long as this has been going on, that there's nobody that knows nothing about it. There are too many people, there's too many circumstances that have happened. Either to the UFO community and most of the general public. I just lost the last little bit of what you're talking about. There's no audio and then you just pop back on. So I think you're okay now. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of wild. <laughs> uh, especially paranormal stuff. <laughs> so Yeah. As we we're just talking about stuff disappearing for a while, you just your audio just disappeared. So, and just for like ten seconds, and you came back on. So, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you're um, all fine now. So, look, nothing would surprise me at this point. I have seen 
so many strange things happened throughout the process of making this movie, throughout the process of distributing it, throughout the process of, of trying to get it to the public. Um, almost all of the UFO filmmakers, and this is public knowledge, are talking about the fact that they've all been um, basically, none of them have gotten paid their royalties. Guys like Stephen Greer are advertising publicly, uh, James Fox, uh, Carolyn Corey, Darcy Weir, myself, uh, all of us are owed hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, combined in money that, that we've basically just uh, not gotten. And so the UFO filmmakers are in a tough strait right now. And a lot of people think, well, maybe that is by design. I don't know if I buy into the conspiracy, but um, it's kind of a coincidence <laughs> that all of us have gotten uh, pretty much sidelined in a lot of ways. Well, do you feel that you're helping? Well, obviously, you feel that you're helping bringing this stuff out, drawing the information out, so the disclosure comes closer, right? But like you said, how much effort is backtracking? How much of it is being blocked, right? So it's like, do you feel it's being blocked too much now, or do you feel like it's getting out enough? Or well, I mean, I think it's been blocked too much from you know all the way back to the dawn of recorded history. You know, the Vatican archives are said to contain the historic background about this non-human intelligence that's engaging the human race. And I've interviewed Danny Sheehan, who used to be an attorney for the Jesuits. He was sent by Jimmy Carter to engage the Vatican and ask for access to those archives. And the Vatican said no to a U.S. president. If there's nothing to see, then what's the problem? Well, that's the whole big thing. So I really hope now that Congress is actually seriously talking to you guys about it, that it will open up more and more information will be brought forward. So I'm really hoping. Well, Congress is trying, yeah. but Congress is, is not, you know, there's, there's, there's members of Congress that supposedly have the ability and the right and the, uh, the legal affirmations to go into any of these special access programs, any of these secret programs, any of these government contracts and ask anything they want and be, and have their questions answered. But it, that's not what's happening. They're being stolen. We just heard Congressman Luna recently went to Eglin Air Force Base, and the entire congressional delegation was stonewalled a, a, in Florida on an Air Force Base, and there were attempts made to keep them from having communication with uh, pilots and other people that had something to say about the topic. So it's, it's a real total war. Speaking of pilots and whatnot reporting experiences that they have, during the recent hearings, did they not come up with some way of reporting that now? Is there a new form of reporting experiences for pilots well, and stuff? Is. And now, of course, those reports mostly are still classified, so we don't get to see what they are. The stigma of UFOs and mili front-facing military personnel, this is all part of the cover-up. The, uh, the, the few people within the Pentagon, and I'm sure there are very, very few, who really had some inkling of what was going on with the UAP phenomenon, that there was what they call the ridicule factor that was put in place so that your average rank and file military person would not have a good reason to report the stuff or to talk about it. If they, if they did, their careers would be compromised. They'd be ridiculed. There was a reason for that because we didn't want the military getting involved in this topic at the rank and file level. 
So the ridicule factor was introduced. It spread from the military throughout all forms of government and to commercial pilots. And for years and years, people were unable to speak up about what they were seeing because of the repercussions. It was a very effective way to keep the military out of UFOs, while at the same time, very, very black budget programs buried within industry and buried within uh, the con you know, secret government programs that work with industry and away from accountability from the Freedom of Information Act. These programs ran rampant without accountability with tons of black budget money to keep them going. And none of us have any right to check into it. Yeah, it's kind of one sided that way, right? It's just like, OK, you guys get all the benefits of all your technology you have on your side, but the general public has absolutely I mean, nothing. You know, hopefully so. <laughs> it is people on our side, but, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, like America, like they're, they're, there's there's a reason for this stuff to be kept secret. But more and more, it's coming up that some of these industries were given technology years ago and that they have kept their advances even from the, the government that supplied them the materials. And if that's true, then who are they keeping the, the technology for? Or possibly from, like you said, hopefully it's not the other way around, where it's like they're using it to their benefits. Hopefully they're just protecting us from the bad stuff, right? So Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, I'd like to jump now to the topics of the recent news, aside from Congress opening up more and being more transparent about that kind of stuff, which I think is great. I think it's a benefit for everybody that they're doing that. Um, but I want to start touching on the recent news of... A security threat in space they've been talking about. Uh, what do you know about that and can you fill us in a little bit about what you know of it? The paranormal can happen at any time, so that's why our Etsy store is always open. Get your paranormal items from cleansing to protection to attraction. All available now on our Etsy store. Search Haunting Live. Well from what I understand there's intelligence that reveals that Russia has a plan to put, uh, from what I understand, it's nuclear-powered uh, craft in space. I haven't heard that there was actually going to be nuclear weapons in space, but you know, a, a craft that's powered in that way could stay in orbit for a very long time and get from place to place very quickly. So rather it's a, a nuclear-powered craft or a craft containing nuclear weapons, it's a real concern. We can't have explosions blowing up satellites in space if it becomes space if space warfare becomes that there's going to be so much space junk floating around that no satellites are going to survive and our entire uh, use of near-earth orbit and further out is going to be completely disrupted for really the foreseeable future so there's there's no wins in creating explosions in space that disable and destroy satellites. Because once you blow up a satellite, there are millions of tiny particles flying through space at huge velocities that will take out anything they touch. Now, as far as being able to use like EMPs, and, and that's certainly a big concern, rather uh, a foreign agent deploys a space weapon that can orbit over a certain part of the world and drop an EMP pulse, that's a concern or even EMP pulses that disable the satellites themselves without blowing them up. So anytime anybody's putting anything nuclear in space, it's a bad idea and it's certainly grounds for concern. But we don't know enough information as the public to really understand what it is exactly they're talking about. Right, that's going to be my, my next question is how much do we actually know of what that threat was? Like 
the news basically has just been saying it's a security threat to space. So involving nuclear yeah, something. You know, nobody should be weaponizing space. No. That's my personal opinion. But there, there's no upside to doing it. If, if we create destruction in space, then we're really ruining our ability to utilize space in the way we're utilizing it now. If somebody blows up, a, a, say, a bunch of uh, Starlink satellites, well, they're pretty low Earth orbit, but that's going to put a lot of debris floating around in the orbit of the planet, and that's going to cause a lot of destruction for everybody. The technology that, that China and Russia, and, and certainly probably us, uh, hopefully we're leading, have is, is to be able to go and approach satellites China's got a, a satellite that they've created that can deploy a giant arm, grab onto a satellite without destroying it, and just throw it out of orbit um, so that it can either come crashing to Earth or it can be out of its geosynchronous orbit. All of the countries are trying to figure out how to disable each other's satellites and how to create havoc within the system because that's going to be a key to winning uh, the, any upcoming conflict. So let's just hope that America is using some of that alien technology to be one step ahead of these guys yeah so you believe it's possibly then something to do with nuclear power in space rather than the weapon side of things yeah they they haven't said that they're putting nuclear missiles in space that would not be that would be sad because then they wouldn't even have to launch them they could just drop them we wouldn't see them coming but i haven't heard that they are weapons i i've heard that there's possibly nuclear power craft but I haven't heard that they're like deploying nuclear missiles and just hanging them out in orbit above us. Um, that's not how that story came across, but maybe that's what's happening. But that's not how I heard it. Of course, in the last couple of days, there's been Twitter tweets and stuff about Russia replying to these types of um, statements, I guess, that they make. Um, of course, they're denying stuff like that, obviously. They can't come out and say anything about it, right? But um, Well, I think that... that well, are they, I think they're just covering that up. Do you think it's another conspiracy-type thing that, yes, they are working on stuff like that behind the scenes and that we just caught wind of it? Or No, I think that, uh, that we, we have credible intelligence that says this and that it was worthy enough to, to bring out. Um, one of the things that I've noticed the Biden administration likes to do is they will take intelligence that's highly classified and they'll just make it public. And in a lot of ways, that kind of messes up. Uh, you know, if somebody's trying to keep something a secret and it's like, and we find out about it, we tell the entire world, it's harder for them to keep it a secret. So that's been an interesting strategy. Yeah, it's kind of like calling them out on it, right? Saying, hey, we know what you're doing. So, <laughs> right. Well, um, yeah, that's about what I wanted to discuss was mainly like what your thoughts were on what that threat was because that's all they've been saying so far for the last week or so is like there's been this threat in space so yeah if it's nuclear weapons that's not good because then they could literally just you know wait for the satellite to go over the target and drop it right <laughs> there's no it's a big threat obviously but if it's uh just nuclear power in space then that's probably a better thing because then i guess there's better technology up there then too so yeah i mean it's just kind of like a, a a roaming satellite that never has to refuel um i mean none of it is good and if it's just a, a a craft that's deriving its power from atomic capabilities uh enabling it to stay in orbit for prolonged periods of time and to be mobile permanently that's still a dangerous weapon it's going to affect our satellites. That's probably why it was designed. But, um, you know, the other thing is that if they do put actual bombs 
in space. If you look at the height and the diameter that a nuclear explosion would cause an EMP, it would take about a dozen to actually cause an EMP effect across the whole country from a certain altitude. And if they uh, if they deployed something like that, that would be a problem. But what if they just target specific targets, like certain cities they wanted to attack, i.e. Washington or something like that? They could just target one little spot and drop something in space. That would be a... Would be, we wouldn't be able to like counter that at all or attack that at all. Well, we wouldn't even know to look for it. I mean, we've got all these deterrents. We've got all these air defenses and we've got all these ways of tracking missiles and defeating missiles. But if it's right over our head and we don't know that it's even there, uh, yeah, it's, that's, a, that's a problem. Is that what you think maybe the emergency was? Like, why would they bring it up at such a time right now as well with all the conflict going on in the world and um... well i think they brought it up when as soon as they found it and by outing it, it it makes russia have to be more accountable uh you know they can deny it but now other countries are going to be like well what are you doing china's going to want to know the rest of the west is going to want to know russia's allies are going to want to know because we're not supposed to be putting nukes in space i think there's international treaties whether they're actually formal or just acknowledgments, but there's not supposed to be a weaponization of space in that way. Well, that's just it. I think there are laws like that, that you can't do that. It's just more of an exploration type thing, right? So it's, nobody's supposed to own space. So it's like the moon type thing. Nobody owns the moon technically, but uh, it's real estate up there as well, right? Like, I guess it could be a way of trying to dominate that space as well. So, Well, you know, we if, if you believe the, the geopolitical reporting, uh, you know, there's there's very powerful countries that don't want to see us in power anymore. And the sad thing is, and I hate, I'm not going to get political, but and these are just personal thoughts. They're not anything to do with my position with MUFON. When World War II came around, we saved Russia from losing to the Germans. We sent them weapons. We supported them in every way. And then China, after World War II, we helped China defeat Japan, who invaded China. And then we helped China to grow and become from a very, very impoverished third world country to, to the country they are today. And all of these, and, and then there's Europe, what we did for them. We didn't have to get involved in World War II. A lot of us didn't want to. But anyway, people are blasting this world order that emerged from World War II that America leads. But the fact of the matter is we've done a lot to raise the standard of living and raise the profitability and the prosperity of pretty much everybody, especially China. And, and to see these countries after what we did for them and to help them and the way we brought this world together in ways that have never happened before, to see them suddenly turn on us, steal our technology, do plan all kinds of just absolutely nefarious things against us and attempt to topple us from our position in, in favor of a world that is going to be authoritarian, dystopian, like 1984. We're living in very treacherous times. Yeah, definitely for sure. And let's hope some of this information that's coming out from these hearings, et cetera, like that, that there is some benefit to that, right? So we're like, I mean, we're going in the right direction, not backwards, hopefully. So. Well, I think that there's a good possibility that humanity really has has the ability to self-determine its outcome, kind of like the Star Trek Prime Directive. And there may be any number of non-human intelligent species that are watching us 
Uh, but I think that it's up to us to make the decisions that are going to give us whatever outcome we get. You know, right now, we're, it doesn't seem like we're making very good decisions. Certainly, if there was some galactic council out there that was saying, should we invite humans to become part of a galactic family, we're going to get a lot of no votes. Uh, definitely, for sure. <laughs> Hopefully we can change that, though, going forward. I hope so. So I'm working on three different movie projects right now. Oh, wow. Busy. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool, actually. One of them is called The UFO Game. It's a, it's kind of a fun UFO thing. Um, it's starring country music's Katie Cook and Skylar Fever, who is a MUFON reporter. We go over MUFON cases and case videos, and we invite the audience to guess what the outcome of the investigation was. And then we bring in experts from MUFON to tell us how the case was resolved. And that's going to be out on all the platforms within a month or two. It's really fun. Another film that I'm involved in that's going to be coming out early summer as well. And it's called The Memo. And it's an actual full-blown documentary about the Wilson Davis memo and the things that surround it. And uh, we're working with um, Michael Hall, who wrote the book, Core Secrets. So he's literally the guy that wrote the book on the Wilson Davis memo. He's, uh, he's involved in the project. MUFON Television is involved in the project. I'm executive producing it. And the kids uh, from Strange Light Productions uh, are helping. They did the short film called The Memo. And um, they're the boots on the ground on this one, getting it done. So I'm really excited. I've got three different film projects in the works. I have a new rock and roll band that's going to be playing uh, at the uh, uh, UFO conference in Oregon coming up in May. And I have three new songs about aliens that are getting ready to come out uh, sometime, probably first week of March. So there's a lot going on creatively, and I'm doing everything I can for the field. And then, of course, Accidental Truth version 1.5 is, uh, is going to be coming out midsummer as well. And it picks up where Accidental Truth left off and has, uh, you know, the updates on everything, updated interviews, and will be as up to the minute as you can get with the documentary. Well, no, that sounds great. I'm looking forward to that because I'm definitely interested in that topic. So Accidental Truth, how well did, like you said, your first version kind of is disappearing a little bit from availability, but can people still well, find yeah, the first version? Popular. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's been 18 weeks in the top 10 uh, documentaries on Apple. It won 27 film festival awards, but because of some very nefarious actions by some very nefarious people, uh, it's it, when you do a search for it, it comes up unavailable in most places. And uh, if people want to know where to get the film, um, you can go to accidentaltruths with an S.com and you can get an update. It's available on Amazon, but it's hard to find because there's a bunch of other places where you click on it and then it says unavailable. Um, so it's kind of a mess, but hopefully it gets straightened out pretty quick. Yeah, no, that's all I was wondering. It's like, is it easy to find? Do you have like a separate website for it or something or just Amazon directly? Is easy. Yeah, you go to accidentaltruths.com and it'll tell you the places where you can get it. Oh, sounds great. Um, anything else you want to touch on before I let you go? No, I think that's it. You know, MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, it's the largest and oldest organization in the world studying the topic. And we're in our 55th year. And our membership is just growing worldwide by leaps and bounds. We've got the largest database of UFO sightings anywhere. And we encourage anybody that's interested in finding out more about the UFO topic or being a part of a community to come out and join MUFON 
Uh, it's very inexpensive and there's all kinds of perks, including, you know, community. Uh, we have live events all the time online. We have our symposium, we have our journal, and there's all kinds of ways for people to get involved and be part of this community. We have a whole section of MUFON dedicated just to helping experiencers deal with what they're going through. So MUFON is worth checking out and worth being a part of if you are into the UFO topic. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on, Ron, and talking to us again about some of these topics in the news and talking about your films a bit. So thank you very much. Hey, I'm available anytime. If there anything breaks and you want to get our, our input, chances are if we weren't involved in it, we certainly know about it. And uh, I'm always happy to come on. The paranormal can happen at any time, so that's why our Etsy store is always open. Get your paranormal items from cleansing, to protection, to attraction. All available now on our Etsy store. Search Haunting Live.